You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another victorious episode of Doing the Work, the first show on the Back Home Network de- dedicated to covering IU women's basketball. Today is our 106th episode recorded on Sunday, February 11th, 2024. I'm your host, Kathy Amos, alongside my co-host, Jeff Marlowe. Today, we will be breaking down your number 14 slash 13 Indiana Hoosiers, just complete um, annihilation of the Purdue Boilermakers winning 95 to 62. That now brings their record to 20 and three overall and 11 and two in the league. And as usual, we will start our show with the same way we do our every show, which is our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And Jeff, I'm going to go on record saying that this is probably easiest uh, banner moment we've ever had or ever will have in the history of our show as Simply Call or anybody else that does podcasting. And it was really easy. Um, We knew it was all coming. We've been watching all year for this moment and waiting. And that moment finally came for us at 518 in the fourth quarter um, when Mackenzie Holmes hit her 17th point to officially take over as the all-time leading scorer in Indiana women's basketball history. She did this in just three games more than it took Tyra Buss to, to get there. And the reason why it's only three games more, in my opinion, is an amazing feat for her is because Tyra was also a big three-point shooter. So she had that three-point line to really help her get there just a little bit quicker, but it was only a three-game difference for McKenzie to go and take that lead. She now has 2,365 points in her career and is now going to uh, only have, uh, we only have five more regular season games and probably at least two more that she'll just keep continuing to add to that total. So we'll talk about her later, but we're now going to start turning our eyes to having her take over Steve Alford um, in the all-time men or women's um, thing and go into second place there. So she's currently now 73 points behind Steve Alford in his scoring career. But a huge accomplishment for just a wonderful player and uh, who's you know brought everybody in this program all the fans the, the her family was there in attendance and it just was a wonderful moment to be able to see that and you could really see how the the, the team was rallying around her in that fourth quarter really trying to get her the ball and uh, help her get those last six points that she needed which again came at 518 in that fourth quarter so congratulations huge congratulations to Mackenzie Holmes um, well-deserved um, moment for her and her family and everybody around and she had, you know, 13,000 plus of her um, greatest fans in attendance in person to help cheer her on as well. So just a great um, all around showing for the team today as a team, for McKenzie Holmes, for our fans showing up to, to support the team. And that is our Hoosier Proud banner moment. And our banner moment today is brought to you, as always, by Homefield Apparel, the presenting sponsor of the Back Home Network, who includes Assembly Call and Crimson Cast. Homefield is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. In fact, they just did a huge refresh of all of their Indiana products as well, dropping a whole bunch of new stuff here just in the last couple of days. So you're bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that loves great collegiate gear. So not only do you get quality apparel, but you are also supporting an Indiana-based business that has its roots in the Kelly School of Business. So go to homefieldapparel.com 
And if it's your first time there, use our promo code HOME23 to get 15% off your entire first order. Again, that promo code is HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. And now we'll hit a couple of uh, news headlines, um, and then I'll throw it over to Jeff for his uh, Marlowe's musings. But today was Terry Morin bobblehead day at Simon Scott Assembly Hall, so that was fun. Again, I mentioned the attendance. Uh, the official record, or the official total, rather, was 13,304. This was our third highest regular season crowd in history. Um, speaking of Tyra Buss, um, she's still out there dropping a lot of points as it is. She plays in Spain. She dropped 59 points yesterday in a Spanish league game. And then Amanda Cahill is third in scoring in Luxembourg, um, where her, her team has won the league with two games remaining to play. And another thing we should probably start watching too, Jeff, is um, Sarah Scalia. So Sarah Scalia is just, I think, three points or three three-point shots behind Amanda Cahill for breaking the all-time um, season mm. record for most threes. So that's another record maybe we should uh, keep an eye on as well. But first, let's kick it over to you, Jeff. What are your musings for today? Um, couple things, uh, before I even get to my musics about the game today, first of all, congrats to Mackenzie Holmes. Great, great honor. I mean, she earned it. I mean, there, you know, anytime you do something like that, she'll be the first to tell you it's all, her teammates have made that possible. Um, but just speaks to, to the greatness of her play over the course of her career. Um, and I thought it was great, Kathy, you and I didn't talk much about this the other day. Maybe it was even after we did the podcast on the Thursday game. Um, but Tyra Buss was, they, they reached out to Tyra Buss and asked her about it. And she was just nothing but complimentary toward um, Mac and, and what she was accomplishing. And was like, I don't, you know, basically her comment, I'm paraphrasing, was I don't want to hear about the fact that it's five years compared to four. You know, I thought you brought up a great point. She's only played three, you know, in three more games because of some of that COVID loss, you know, so she lost some games there yeah. um, with that great crowd today. Uh, if you haven't, by the way, if you haven't seen the video on Twitter X, whatever we call it now, I still want to call it Twitter. I know we probably yeah. shouldn't. There's a really good video uh, of the players. They were, they were having the players reaction to the Terry Moore and bobblehead and they were all kind of doing their version of the bobblehead. And I know for those of you who are not watching on the live YouTube feed, but it was funnier and all get out to watch the different players try to do to uh, carry, Terry Moore and bobblehead. Um, also about Tyra Buss, it's hard to stay up with what she's doing. Um, she's playing in one of the lower tiers in Spain, I think mainly because she wanted to stay a little closer to where Brad was playing her husband. She had signed with one of the teams in the upper, uh, the upper, the, the highest level league in Spain, but she, uh, she, she uh, got out of that contract or they released mutual release, whatever. Now she's playing for a team that's, I think just closer, but it's not as it's, it's, it's again, it's like, it's like European football. You, the more you win, if you get, you know, you're where you are in the standings, you can bump up the next year, be relegated. So totally different than what we're used to. Uh, but Amanda Cahill just continues to impress in, in Luxembourg. She's had an outstanding career in Luxembourg. Um, her team has won the league already. Their, their, their season is rapidly, regular season is coming to a close. I think their last game is somewhere around the end of the month, and then they'll start their playoffs um, 
from there. So, but she's had an outstanding career. She's third in scoring, uh, as you noted in the news. But uh, today's game, oh, hey, for those of you who had to watch through last night and, and were with us on Assembly <laughs> Call post game, uh, this is way more fun than that than that episode of Assembly Call was. Um, anytime anytime you can beat Purdue, let alone beat them by 30 in your place. Like I posted in the discord, Kathy, you know, you know, just run them out of the gym, blow them out, get, yep. get them out of here. And, and it's, you know, like Max said this the other day, and she said it again in the post game with Amanda Foster on BTN plus um, the scoring records neat, but she wanted to go out with her career. Now, again, they could play in the big 10 tournament, but as of right now, Mac has never lost to Purdue. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a handful of these kids that can say that. I, I'm not sure Grace Berger ever lost to Purdue. You know, I'm mm -hmm. you know you, you've gotten a group here, and like we talked about the other day in the preview, where we were growing up in the '80s and 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 kind of first starting our careers in the early '90s. That was that was like that might have been like outer space, like you know science fiction novel stuff that IU would turn this around. Um, but they have, and, and a lot of that's on Terry Morin and it's in the players she's recruited and the players that she's gotten in there. But I, today, you know, it, it just, it was fun again, two games in a week that we scored 90 plus a little bit different games, but both both games this week scored 90 plus now, now, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit when we preview, but you get a little bit of the ultimate, ultimate trap game coming up. Um, yep. and we're going to talk a little bit more about this as well. Iowa gets beat in Nebraska today in Lincoln. Um, and so the, the, the and Ohio state's going to be starting here in a few minutes. So there's a possibility that I use tied for second or back to tie for first, depending upon what happens in East Lansing. So you can get that ultimate trap game going up to Wisconsin on Wednesday. Got to be, got to make sure they stay focused here, but man, how much fun is it for an IU fan? Anytime you can just blow Purdue out, whether it's in your gym or at their place, but just great job by the ladies today. Yeah, absolutely. And to have it with a, a, an amazing accomplishment um, to boot to. It's just a great afternoon all around. So, Jeff, let's talk about the game a little bit here then in more detail. So we can start with some pivotal plays, although I think uh, we're fine by the time we get, especially to the second half, that we're, we're probably not going to have a whole lot of, to talk about. But why don't you go first? What kind of pivotal plays did you note during the game? Um. Yeah, I mean, there were several. I thought first thing I'm going to go to is I just thought I, early on I'm going to go with this as a pivotal play, and it's not a specific thing, Kathy. I put we, I texted you this. I put it in the Discord. We've got it in the run sheet. Just how active Lexi Bargesser was being. She kept a couple plays alive with a tip, a, a rebound. She got a couple buckets early. Uh, she had a couple nice passes. So I just thought, and especially through the first half of that first quarter, so maybe even a little bit beyond that. The, the activity that Lexi brought tonight was a little better than she did on Thursday against Michigan State. And so I, I really want to point that out as, as pivotal. I thought Lexi's yeah. energy was really, really something that we needed. Yeah, I agree. I think Lexi's play all around was just fantastic today for the most part. Um, in fact, Jeff, I don't know if you've uh, noticed this, but she was one rebound away from having a double-double. Um, so, you know, played 34 minutes for us and only two turnovers as well. Again, keeping those turnovers down um, and 12 points from her as well. And so, you know, I... I think what we've seen from Lexi being able to get all of this playing time in the last six games with Sydney's injury is just been phenomenal for her development and her growth. And, you know, I, I don't think we see a game like this from her, you know, if we were talking seven games ago, right. Then she was yep. still coming off the bench and, you know, not contributing a whole lot of um, in terms of offensive production, but now she's really been ramping that up too. And <clears throat> excuse me. 
and all around, I thought Lexi had just a great game. Um, and another person, you know, I think that had a great game and got off to an amazing start was Chloe Moore McNeil, you know, at 445 in that first quarter, um, she hit her first three, um, but she had scored five straight points, you know, and Chloe today, um, ended up going, uh, five of five from three point line and 22 points on her stat line. So again, you know, you're, you're putting up 90, um, five points on your rival. Um, you're going to have probably some pretty big scoring numbers that we're seeing from other people. But I thought, um, like you said, the the Lexi's um, energy in particular was just great and really hitting the glass hard too with nine rebounds. So, um, what other pivotal plays do you have? Um, and and I'll go back. Really, talk about one that we that you're talking about, Chloe. I'll talk about Yarden. Yarden didn't score a lot today, but I thought Yarden was more engaged. Mm -hmm. I, I really did, even though it was kind of a. a it, it was not an outstanding stat line for her. I really felt like she was much more engaged for the full 40 minutes of the game than she was the other night, or perhaps even over at Ohio state. So again, and it's, and sometimes you don't have to score, just be engaged, be active, be doing things that are helping the, you know, the other players score. You may not get the assist because in basketball, we don't give the hockey assists. Like, you know, you make the pass to the pass for a bucket. I just thought Yarden was really more active. And engage, I should say more engaged, but that to mm -hmm. me also led to being active. I'm going to jump ahead in the second quarter here, Kathy, and 359, Purdue cut the lead to six. And I really wasn't too nervous, yeah. but you were starting to feel like, okay, we we had a double-digit lead here, and now we're going to kind of fritter this thing away by halftime. And then the very next, uh, it wasn't the next possession, but I think we, we missed, got them to miss. Then we came down and shot clock's running out, 240 to go in the half, and Sarah Sky stepped back three, beats the shot clock, pushes the th lead back up to nine Lexi Bargesser followed that right up basically with a steal on the inbounds pass goes to the rim gets fouled makes both free throws and now he's gone from six to 11 in a manner of seconds and I and, I, and to me I wasn't worried really the rest of the game and I know that's yeah. easy to say after when you win by 33 but I, I really felt that sequence to me was kind of the the nail for Purdue yeah, I, I agree. I think that was a really great sequence to almost close out that first half on. Um, and, and, you know, we uh, <clears throat> really just were shooting again, the lights out. You, again, you had Purdue with the same, I think, philosophy today that we saw earlier when we played them earlier in the season, which was they were going to double or even triple team um, McKenzie. Um, but that really were just leaving our shooters wide open, you know, and we ended up shooting here 13 of 21 from three points um, with a 62% three point field goal percentage. And so not only did we, uh, you know, shoot a lot of them, but they went down pretty good too, because I thought Purdue was leaving our shooters just really wide open. So you definitely saw the defensive um, theory that Purdue was going with. I was, I don't know what else, um, to say, but I guess I was a little surprised they went the same way because this didn't turn out well for them um, at Mackey and it didn't, why they thought it was going to be any better today. I wasn't quite sure, um, but it, it certainly wasn't right. So today um, those 13 three pointers, we put up 28 three pointers in Purdue this year um, in just two games. And so I, I just don't think that defense philosophy for Purdue was certainly not winning, uh, winning uh, recipe for them, obviously. And it really, I thought paid for them. Yeah, um, so maybe we'll jump fast forward here to the second half. I don't think there's a whole lot of pivotal plays to talk about. Um, but I did think, you know, that they noted about, um, I was listening to Austin on the radio and he said that he had interviewed McKinsey and they had recognized as a team that they were really struggling with some of their third quarter play. And so they actually changed up their halftime, um, 
what they were doing at halftime. And they thought they were actually sitting around too long in the locker room. Um, so they, they came out earlier today and started their, their shoot around for the second half earlier. And I thought that it must've made a difference, you know, something they're focusing on changing up the routine. Um, even though they did start with a couple of turnovers, they really on the defensive end, I thought really ratcheted up. Um, you know, we got Mac there on a, on a break to, um, after we stole the ball and we made it 34 49 and it forced yet another Purdue timeout. Um, but I, I, I think that third quarter was some of the best basketball we ended up seeing from them all day today, if not, you know, for the whole year, but any thoughts maybe from you on that overall um, third quarter? Yeah. I mean, the third quarter just really, you know, pushed it out and really put it away. And, and, and that's interesting. They said that because that there is some, there could be some validity to that. And I've never been around a college basketball locker room. You know, we only usually had about 10 minutes in the high school game. Sometimes if you had something going on at halftime, like a, like a, a ceremony or something, you might push it out to 15 with mutual agreement, but um, we, or, or sometimes we'd stop the clock and hold it at three minutes. So both teams had three minutes to warm up, but still you had a little extra time at halftime. But so it makes me wonder, like when the coaches are done talking, do they still sit around in there for a couple of minutes, you know, be like, oh, we're not going out on the floor till there's like two minutes on the clock. Um, so there could be a lot of validity. I think it looks great when you say that today and they come out and they have the third quarter they did. Right, um, right. So let's see. Let's see how it plays out over the next few games. I want to go right to kind of that similar right off that run. Then after that timeout, Indiana runs off another 12 to two run. So basically in that, in that run there, they, they run off a 20 to six run to start the quarter. And, and again, I wasn't feeling too nervous about any point of it, but that's kind of what we've been wanting from this team on a consistent basis. And we saw that, yes, they had a couple turnovers there, as you talked about, but it just felt like the team played with a lot of focus today. And I, and the crowd was great, but it just felt yeah. like the focus for the most part really, really was good today. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I don't really have any other um, specific moments, Jeff. Are you ready to jump in the numbers or do you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Let's hit the numbers. All right. So why don't you hit us first? We've already been talking about a few of them, but what, what's on your uh, list there to talk through? And again, this is one of those where we've talked about a lot of times the negativity, but in fact, Thursday night, we talked about this as a negative. Today, Purdue only outscores us 21 to 16 in bench points. We got 16 points off our bench. And again, I know it's easier to play the bench when there's more, you know, bigger margin, but you got um, four points from Lene, eight points from Jules. All right. Mm -hmm. And you got including four points, three pointers. Right. Yeah. And you got four points from Lily. So that I just and, and I thought that I thought Hannah played some solid minutes. She didn't hurt us. She didn't really do a lot in the score in the in the stat line, but I thought Hannah gave us some some solid minutes. But those three, especially coming off the bench, I thought really played well. So I'm going to point out, even though we didn't win the bench points, 21 to 16, a much better margin. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, and it wasn't all, you know, at the end in the, you know, after we had already completely, no. um, you know, put Purdue away in that third quarter, I think Jules and in, in particular, you know, she hit that big three. Um, took a charge at one point. I thought she had a really nice game with her um, and leading the bench in terms of minutes, 17 minutes off of the bench. Um, also contributed to um, two assists and two rebounds. So I thought overall a really nice game from Jules. Um, Lene, I thought in particular her defense looked a lot better today. Um, you know, she did not only have one foul, but we kind of had seen that from her in other games where Lene would um, not be able to defend well without fouling. And today I thought she looked a little more locked in on defense defensive ends. So um, two in particular, I thought had really nice games um, coming off at the bench. 
Um, so one other, I guess we should uh, talk about though, is uh, rebounding. So handily out rebounded Purdue mm-hmm. today, 32 to 21, um, and only had uh, allowed two offensive rebounds for Purdue. So they didn't get any second chance points at all. Um, where we had six um, offensive rebounds that led to 13 second chance points for us. So I thought that was another area looking through the box score where we really um, have been really focusing on that. I thought in the last number of games and really picking up that rebounding margin and and winning a lot more where earlier in the season, we were constantly Mm -hmm. talking about how they needed to lock in on rebounding. They were getting out rebounded and now they really seem to have locked in on that, that um, part of the game. Yeah. I'll go one more number here, Kathy, and that's kind of in that same vein, but uh, uh, excuse me, 12 to nothing on turnovers on points off turnovers. Uh, Indiana did not give up any points off of their 10 turnovers. They got almost a point per turnover. They turned Purdue over 14 times. So again, all those, those things look more magnified in a 30 point win, but I just felt like we were really attacking when we get, and a lot of that was, I'm trying to look real quick steals. You know, we had eight steals on fourteen of the fourteen turnovers. So they say we're getting a lot of live ball turnovers that they were able to convert. And I put I put this I think in the Discord or in the text group. Um, I love it when Sarah Sky just gets out in front and we can throw it yep. ahead. For her. I just I just love when she runs out and gets you know she. And sometimes it makes me wonder is she leaking a little bit and maybe not rebounding the way she should be. You know, maybe staying in there a little longer because you know some kids do that, some players do that. But I, but I just love it when we can crowd rebound or get a steal and we throw it ahead to Sarah and she's just going to go right strong to the, to the rim for a layup, but yeah, 12 on points off turnovers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, Sarah, we haven't talked a whole lot about her today, but she had another great game. She had 19 points for us um, and four assists, led the, um, almost led the team in assists. Chloe did um, with her five. But, it, you know, speaking of assists, that's the number I wanted to go to next, which was 19 assists today on 36 made field goals. So over half of our um, field goals were, were done with assists from the team again. So, again, something that we can talk about <laughs> with our women team is one of the identities that – I think we've come to know about this team is obviously on the defensive end, but I think also on, um, you know, sharing the sugar, like coach Morin says. So um, today that was on, on uh, display again. And I thought in particular, I thought the ball was really moving well today. They had some nice purposeful passes. They were taking care of the ball, like you mentioned, and just really great ball movement today. Um, any overarching thoughts on, on how their offense looked today with, with the ball movement or anything else that you noted? No, I thought the offense, I agree with you. I thought the offense was great. The sad part about that is you talk about 19 assists on 36 made baskets. That means their assist rate is going to go down because their assist yeah. rate is higher than that. You know, it's, that's ridiculous. That's like a baseball, it's like a baseball player who goes like one for three and their average goes down. <laughs> it's like, you know, yeah, right. it's like, but no, I, they move the ball. And, and we talked a little bit about this in the last game. We've talked a little bit about you and I in terms of texting and kind of at the meetup the other day. Terry Morton has a phrase for it. If you're juiceless, you're useless. Well, they brought a lot of juice today. There, there was nobody really, everybody was useful today. Yeah, absolutely. I, there was not one person I thought that did not look locked in today. Nope. You know, and we, we've, we've already talked about Yarden and yeah, while maybe statistically not, you know, her best game with only nine points, if you just only look at her box score, but I didn't feel that way watching the game. Like I felt she was very engaged. I thought she wasn't pressing the, the ball um, or trying to take shots that maybe she shouldn't have or anything like that to try and um, force the issue. I thought she played a great role for us mm-hmm. today in, in, in general. So, 
And I felt like well, from everyone today, I, I didn't think there was one person on the team where I'm like, boy, she just looks really off today. I thought they all were really focused and, and dialed in today. Yep, I agree. Um, any other numbers, Jeff, that you want to point out? No, that without talking about some of the individuals. Yeah, I think we'll go right over to it. So um, game ball. So I think this might be an interesting conversation to have today. Um, so for those of you who are watching on YouTube, you can see at the bottom of the screen there, the scroll with the count. So Mackenzie Holmes leads the way with nine game balls, Sarah Scalia with five, Sydney Parrish with three, Yarden Garzone with three, and Chloe Moore McNeil with two. And, and Jeff, I, I think you could probably go a number of different ways. So who do you have for your game ball today? Yeah, I, I, I'm not trying to be contrary here. Obviously, we've already mentioned what she's done and what she accomplished, and 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 kudos to Mackenzie Holmes for this. But I just felt like Chloe Moore McNeil really set the tone today. Um, and and from that standpoint, you know, you look at 22 points. She was five for five from three, and and I think we've all been wanting Chloe to shoot the ball a little bit more. Eight for 11 overall. She had five rebounds, five assists. She had two steals. So I, I, and I know Max got the line to get us to, you know, that we're, you know, I'm sure people can talk about, but I'm going to go with Chloe here in, in terms of my overall. But I also think you also do have to mention in here, uh, like you talked about, Sarah, the, the 19 points um, and the four assists. So, but I'm going to go Chloe here. Yeah, I, 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 um, I don't know, Jeff. I, I have a hard time when someone breaks the all-time scoring record, um, not giving her the game ball. So, um, while it'd be if it was any kind of quote-unquote normal game, hundred percent, I would agree with you, and I would be voting for Chloe. But I'm afraid I'm going to have to give my vote to Mackenzie here, and we're going to have to throw it over to the to the workaholics in our chat that are listening along with us and see um, if they can break the tie between Mackenzie and and Chloe. Because yeah. It, Apologies to Chloe on my part, but I just have a hard time not giving it to the now all-time women's basketball scoring um, leader. So for me, I'm going to vote for McKenzie. Well, so I've we're going to. I've seen a yeah. couple for Chloe. I've seen a couple for Mac. So we'll see. Let's we'll keep an eye on it here. We'll, you know, and what they want, you know, what the workaholics want to do. Yeah, Kara, yeah, you I'm... voted. Kara, Kara, you know, you voted twice already. You, you only get a count <laughs> once. This isn't Chicago <laughs> under the daily days. <laughs> She'll keep voting. So we might end up here with a tie. So let's go over then. Um, we'll talk about the, the Grace Burger hardest worker then, um, Jeff. So maybe we'll flip over there and see. Um, so right. I'm, I'm slacking here. Hang on a second. All right. <laughs> So it, that is a good point. Joe in the chat said it's not the career ball, it's the game ball. So I think we have still a number of people um, voting for both. So I think right now there's a slight edge for Chloe. So we'll see if we get any more votes here in a, in a minute or two. But let's talk about Grace no, Burger. Gonna, real, quick, real quick before we get to the Grace Burger, we may have to rename that game ball after this year, though. That might be the way we honor her rather than the That's game ball. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. So um, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see the totals there. So Sydney Parrish and Mackenzie Holmes both get five. Um, Lexi Bargasser have four, Chloe three, Sarah Scalia with two, Lene Beaumont with two, and Lily Meister with one. Again, um, just kind of a, a, a lot of people, which is fantastic. And again, Jeff, I think you could probably go a, a couple of different ways. I think I know in my head who I would be voting for. Um, so who do you have for your Grace Burger hardest worker? 
Yeah, I mentioned already. We talked about uh, Sarah. I think Sarah very easily could go in here. I, I really was excited about. Again, I get excited when she's out in front of the break, and I know she's our three point specialist. But I, you know, and, and by the way, would you have imagined Amanda Cahill was actually the all time leader in threes? I would have thought somebody else. You know, right? More of a guard oriented. I mean, Amanda was a great inside outside threat. Don't get me wrong, but to think that Amanda Cahill has the three point record. Right. I would, absolutely. I, I would. Admit. But anyway, um, I'm going to go with Lexi here. I mentioned earlier, I just saw how active she was from the beginning. You pointed out she almost had a double double. 12 points, four or five at the line. I know the guys on the BTN plus kept talking about her low percentage. Her percentage has come up a ton in the last three, four games. Again, it's funky. It, it I do, you know, again, it's, you know, when you looked at that form shot, you talked about this in one of the podcasts a couple of games ago, where she just kind of put it down her palm and turn it over to kind of get that, keep that elbow yeah. in. And, and she still has that cock a little bit with it. But I will say this, and I've been critical of the form. I will say this. There are some players, Jordan Halls did not have picture perfect form. All right. That was, you know, he did. If I'm old enough, some of you guys, the workaholics and the people who listen to podcasts probably won't. I can remember Jamal Wilkes playing for the Lakers. Great shooter, but you wouldn't have ever taught anybody to shoot the way Jamal Wilkes did. His elbow was way out to the side and, and stuff. So if you shoot enough reps, you can overcome some of the form deficiency. And I think two things for Lexi, she's gotten, she's getting more reps and she's getting more confidence. But so again, what I like, what I, you won't teach it, you know, what to, but again, I, I go with Lexi here now at four for five at the free throw line. You said it nine rebounds, three assists, two blocks, three steals. Lexi Bargesser for my game, for my hustle or excuse yeah. me, my hardest worker. Yes. Hardest worker. Um, so yeah, Jeff, I, I'm going to make that unanimous. That was a pretty easy one for me too. We talked about it from the very beginning, from uh, the moment the ball was tipped, Lexi's energy and, um, was just very, very active. And, you know, again, one rebound away from her first career double, double, I, I think is just a, a really great feat from what we can see. Um, again, good problem to have, because I agree. I think you could probably go, um, with Sarah on this one. Um, I would have, uh, probably if I would wouldn't have uh, voted for Mac for game ball. You could have gone, I could have gone with Chloe as well, but I think in terms of spirit of it with hardest worker, I think Lexi gets it. So, um, and then we'll go back here and update everyone. I think why just a couple vote margin, Chloe Moore McNeil is going to get the um, game ball award today. So that is Chloe's third game ball um, of the, the year, her second in a row here now, actually. And um and uh, Lexi Bargesser gets the hardest worker, and that's her fifth of the year. So um, with that, Jeff, maybe we'll go ahead and talk about the Mac watch. So obviously everyone knows now that uh, McKenzie um, has broken that record. Um, she's now got 2,365 points. So again, next uh, we'll set her sights and start watching if she can take Steve Alford for second all-time scoring between both the men and the women's program. So she is 73 points behind Steve Alford. The other number we've been watching for her is rebounding. Um, she only had four rebounds today. Um, and so she has 937 overall. Um, she's already in fifth place in terms of rebounding, and she needs 33 more rebounds to go to move up into that fourth place spot. So that is our update on the McKenzie watch hey. for today. Kathy, real quick, I did do some number crunching here to, while the game was winding down after she got to the record. You already talked about Steve Alford. If we, if she only gets seven more games, you know, and I think she'll get more than seven. And, mm -hmm. 
healthy. But at that point, she only averages basically 10 points a game to break Steve off to get past Steve Alford. Um, yeah. I think we'll see that easily. Uh, she needs 248 points to tie Calvert Cheney. She needs 248 okay. points to tie Calvert Cheney. That's going to take some work. She, you know, otherwise she's going to have to be Caitlin Clark. If she only gets seven more games, she'd have to average 35 a game. Uh, if you give her nine games, assume they win one game in the Big Ten tournament, one game in the NCAA tournament, she'd need 27 and a half. If they can get to the championship game of the Big Ten tournament, get to the Sweet 16, maybe beyond, now you're up to 11 games and it's 22 and a half. The deeper she goes, the more realistic it gets. But it's, she's gonna. It's gonna take a little bit of luck. It's gonna take a little bit of uh, uh, um, just got to get deep enough into the tournament for it to have a chance. But just think about the names we're talking about: Steve Alford, Calvert Cheney, that Mackenzie Holmes is going to be, you know, right next to. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in case you're curious, you know, I just did some quick math myself. So if she continues to average right around 20 points per game, she will catch Steve Alford in about three and a half, um, about probably four games from now, if she mm -hmm. continues on at that pace. So that's about where we're, we're sitting with her. So um, Jeff, anything else you want to talk about with uh, today's massive blowout of, uh, <laughs> of uh, Indiana over Purdue today? No, but love it. Love, love it. it. I'm going to have a smile watching the Super Bowl today. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, cool. Well, let's talk about what's coming up next for our, our, our um, Indiana Hoosiers. So on Wednesday this week, Valentine's Day, February 14th, they will travel up to Wisconsin to take on that team. Um, that game tips off at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and it will be on Peacock. So Wisconsin is currently 134th in the net ranking. Um, they're 10 and 11 overall and 3 and 8 in the Big Ten. In terms of history, Indiana leads the all-time series 52 to 23, and they have currently won nine in a row against Wisconsin. The last meetup was in Simon Scott Assembly Hall on January 15th of 2023, and Indiana won that handily 93 to 56. Um, the last win from Wisconsin um, hey, was hey, in hey, I'll, I'll cut. I'm yeah. not sure why I put that. I made the run sheet, so my apologies. I'm not sure why I put that in there because we're playing at Wisconsin. So if you yeah. want to skip that, you can. Okay. Well, it is kind of an interesting fact, though, since I've already started. So the last time it Wisconsin won in Bloomington, even though that's not where they're playing, was back in 2011. Speaking of which, I think that it was around 2012 was the last time Purdue has won in, in um, Assembly Hall as well. So um, I love those kind of streaks. That's good. I do, too. Yes. So in terms of Wisconsin, they are playing Penn State um, today. I don't think that game has tipped off yet, has it? Yes, it just tipped so. off. So right now, um, Wisconsin is beating Penn State 45 to 50 um, in the second or third quarter. Really? Um, yeah, it's at Wisconsin. So go, go Wisconsin. I know. Let's keep an eye on that one. We have a few games that are um, we'll be keeping an eye on. We'll talk about later when we get around to the Big Ten. So, Jeff, why don't you take over and talk about coaching and some of the team stats that uh, we'll see from Wisconsin here? Yeah, Marissa Mosley in her third season at Wisconsin, her sixth year overall. She's 29 and 52, so roughly 36% winning percentage at Wisconsin. She's 74 and 81, which is a 48% percentage overall. She's been her previous three years at Boston U. Former UConn assistant as well. So there's some pedigree there. Uh, stats wise, these are big 10. I got these off the big 10 website. Uh, they're averaging 62.7 a game, which is 14th in the league. I think you're going to see a theme here, Kathy. Uh, yep. Defensively, yep. they're giving up 68.4, which is eighth. 
field goal percentage just under 40 percent is last uh they they give up 39 but they but they defend relatively well the 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 opponent's only shooting 39 and a half percent against them which is second in the league but three point percentage they shoot just under 28 percent dead last in the league they don't defend the line very well they're giving up almost 34 percent three point uh, field goal percentage which is 12th in the league they shoot just under 73 percent the line which is eighth they're 11th in rebounding margin they're they're negative rebound slightly they're basically a wash on rebound margin but they're 11th in the league and they're 12th in the league on turnover margin over four minus four a game uh they commit 18.8 they turn but they only force 14.4 so um from that standpoint so that you can see why they've been struggling in terms of being toward the bottom third of the league right now it's about shooting but they have a couple good players kathy why don't you go ahead and talk about their two stars Yep. So first is um, Sarah Williams. She's I think, a, it's, I think it's I think it's pronounced Sarah. It's spelled a little different. Sarah? Okay. I may be wrong. Well, we'll find out Wednesday <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So Miss Williams um, is a six four sophomore um, forward. Um, she is averaging seventeen and a half points per per game, which is fifth in the league. Um, she also averages 10 rebounds per game, which is first in the league. So she's averaging a double-double. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually quite efficient as well, shooting 50% field goal percentage, which is sixth in the league. Um, and she's a good free throw shooter at 80% um, from the line, which is 13th in the league. Um, she also leads the league in blocks, and she's averaging three blocks per game. Um, so she was on the All-Big Ten freshman team in the 22-23 season. Um, also on their um, team to, to keep an eye on is Ronnie Porter. Ronnie is a 5'4 sophomore guard. She is averaging 10 points per game and six and a half rebounds per game. Um, also, uh, she is uh, ninth in the league in assists at 4.3 assists per game, um, third in steals per game at two steals per game and she is playing the most minutes of anyone in the league at just under 35 minutes so ronnie porter is one to, to keep an eye on to um one of their guards there yeah. so jeff want to talk about the her hoop stats that you've been uh keeping us updated on yeah i will real quick i want to talk about williams real quick because this is a young lady and again the numbers may be up a little bit because she's not playing on as good a team but if this if Wisconsin's a middle of the pack team she's a first team all league player with those numbers you know it, you know you know it's fifth in the league in scoring first in rebounding first in blocks and and you're more than likely going to see her on the all defensive team for at least but, but you know obviously Wisconsin not having a great year so it's probably going to keep her on like a second or, you know, or an honorable mention team but she is she has talent and 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 we can see that Mosley seems to be retooling with some younger players and and as she kind of builds that program back up but the her hoop stats um this was before today's game so i use eighth in the, uh, their uh, her hoop stats wisconsin's 168th offensive efficiency i use ninth wisconsin's 248th defensive efficiency i use 117th i got a feeling that number will improve a little bit today uh wisconsin mm-hmm. wisconsin's <laughs> 258th iu continues to be the first in effective field goal percentage at 59 and Wisconsin's 184th, just over 45%. I use third in points per play, or possession, excuse me, and Wisconsin's 226th. Um, rebound rate, I use 64. And this is one, Kathy, we talked about, it go back when we had that, you know, the buy or sell episode where I asked you some of those things. And and rebounding was one of those things that Indiana was struggling with at Christmas time, you know, in terms of stats. Yeah. And here they are, they've been steadily rising. Uh, Wisconsin's 100. And for, for having Williams and others, Wisconsin's 189th in rebound rate. Assist rate, I use 36, excuse me, Wisconsin's 28th. 
Yep, absolutely. Um, so Jeff, what what are I haven't watched a whole lot of Wisconsin play this year. Um, you know, this is one where I, I guess I expect us to go up and take care of business. Um, but I I think you're you hit it right on the hit nail too. You know, we're coming off a huge win with a you know huge moment for McKinsey and going up to Wisconsin. I hope they don't overlook them either. You know, again, um, they're playing Penn State today. And Penn State, we know, is a really good team right now with all of their players healthy, and they're still beating them right now by three points late into the third quarter. So, you know, again, I think Wisconsin is trying to put some pieces together here, and I, I could see this being a trap game like you mentioned. But um, what are some of the keys to the game that you would uh, want us to kind of keep an eye on? Um, Ken, I think it comes back to, to the things we typically talk about. You can't go up there and have a night where you turn it over 16, 17 times a game and, and let them feel like they've got some life. You've got to get locked in defensively. I think that's the key. They, they struggle to shoot the ball anyway. Even with all the stuff that Williams is doing well, Ronnie Porter's playing pretty well. They're struggling to shoot the balls. We went the number. And by this point in the season, you can have a good game here or there. And this was one of the things we talked about with Michigan State, especially like earlier. Everybody's like, oh, I'm not sold on Michigan State. When you get to this point in the year, the, the water level is pretty much what it is. And so, yes, they can have a good game, and you just don't want to let them get hot. But if you just go out and play Indiana's normal style of defense, I think you're really going to make it tough on them to score. And so it comes down to me, turnovers, rebounding. Those are always the things. That's coach for yep. me. You, you, you got to control your turnovers, force some turnovers from them, and don't let them beat you with second and third opportunities. I have not yeah, watched much Wisconsin either. No, I haven't either. So I, I, that's, yeah, the typical things are rebounding turnovers as well. That would be things I'm going to keep an eye on, especially where, you know, what we've been seeing from the Wisconsin in terms of turnover margin and rebounding margin and such. Um, the other thing I want to keep watching on is making sure our defense stays locked in. I thought it was really locked in today, you know, holding Purdue to only 62 points. Um, it would be great to see if we could go up to Wisconsin on the road and keep them in that, you know, mid 60 range as well. Yeah, so and, just yeah, go ahead. Sorry, I was gonna say you don't have a lot of tough games left on the road. Um, you've got Wisconsin, you got to go to Illinois. That game does make me a little nervous. Yeah, but you know, we only got five games left, but you only got two at home. So you get if you want to stay in the race, you got to win these games on the road because you have Iowa, especially coming back into Assembly Hall, that is going to be a must-win for Indiana. It, it's you know, for him to have any chance to share or win outright is based on winning that game and not losing anything else. So you got to be focused going up to Wisconsin on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. So um, speaking of people going on the road, let's go around uh, around the Big Ten and give some updates on some of the key key games. And I think the biggest one is Iowa went on the road today to Nebraska and lost in Lincoln, 79 to 82. And, you know, it was on during um, the Indiana game, so I was kind of glancing at the score here and there. And I believe Iowa's ahead most of that game. But the mm -hmm. interesting thing and the, to, to note in this is, obviously, with that game, Caitlin Clark was the big storyline. They had the big counter coming down for her to break um, Plum's record. She did not. They held her scoreless in the fourth quarter. And I thought that was just something great to see. So really huge game today with Nebraska winning that in terms of um, conference standings. So, <coughs> excuse me, Jeff, any um, any thoughts on that Iowa-Nebraska game? And that was, was a really big one. Well, it just shows you that even though Iowa has a pretty good team around her, if you can find a way, I don't know the details, but to hold Caitlin Clark yep. scoreless for the quarter was obviously huge. I will say this last time I checked in on it, Wisconsin was, excuse me, Wisconsin, 
I'm thinking about our game for Wednesday. Um, Nebraska was down nine. I think it was 51-42 when I'd looked at it on the on the ESPN. I, I with BTN Plus, I, it's hard for me to flip in and out of TV, you know, from app to app and and, and watch and be like and get back. But um, so I was watching a little bit on the ESPN GameCast, and I went back to it thinking, okay, probably you know, I thought it might have been over by the time I flipped back, and I looked over, and I'm like, Wisconsin's up. I'm like, what? You know, and that's when we kind of got into it on the Discord. You and me, I Quang got into it with you know a little bit. But, you know, they're vulnerable. I mean, every team, and again, we've said this about going into Lincoln. It's not the easiest place in the world to play. Yeah, they stubbed their toe against um, against Rutgers last week, and we were all like, how does that happen? It happens sometimes. You get caught looking ahead. But sometimes a loss refocuses you. They go out on Wednesday, I think it was, and they beat yeah. Michigan in Ann Arbor, come back today, beat um, – beat, um, Iowa. And now if Penn state loses today, now we're talking about Nebraska being in that top four mix again. So, you know, it's the, the, the top three have obviously separated themselves, but that next three to four still kind of jumbled up there along with and Michigan state Wednesday. So then you're talking about Michigan state and, and, and Nebraska and possibly Penn state. So they've kind of settled in there as those top th- those three teams, but yeah, huge win for Nebraska and their program today. Yeah, absolutely. So the other couple of games that um, we're keeping an eye on here are going on right now. So Ohio State is up in Michigan State today. That game currently right now, Ohio State is is blowing that one open. It's 34 to 19 with seven and a half minutes left in the second quarter. And then we already mentioned Penn State and Wisconsin. Um, That is at the end of the third quarter now, and um, Wisconsin is still ahead by three. Um, the, the other game I think we'll now keep a close eye on is on Wednesday where um, Nebraska is going over to Columbus and taking on Ohio State. So those are some of the key games um, we will be kind of keeping our eye on. Um, in terms of conference standing, as uh, Jeff kind of mentioned at the beginning of the game, Ohio State right now is in the lead at 11-1. and one. And with that loss today by Iowa and our win, we are now tied for second at 11 and two and Nebraska is um, eight and five in fourth place. So then Michigan state is right behind them at seven and five, as is Penn state seven and five. And then you have Michigan at seven and six. Any other arching, overarching thoughts on the big 10 uh, that you would want to keep an eye on between now and Wednesday? No, but that, that, if that result up in, in East Lansing holds, especially by that margin or more, um, we've, I've said it at the beginning of the season, I've said it a number of times during the season, but right now Ohio state kind of seems to be taking, showing that they really are the most talented team in the league. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jeff. Um, well, why don't we kind of start wrapping things up today? Why don't you hit us with your final thoughts? Um, yeah, just love it. 33 point beat down of your big of your in-state biggest rival in, in your gym. Love it. Mackenzie Holmes sets his career scoring record. Love it. We got, you know, we got contributions from everybody that played. Love it. You know, there just wasn't much to to not love today. Um, but again, got to get back to focus. Enjoy it today. And I think Coach Morton talks with the players about this quite a bit. I haven't talked with Grace Burger a little bit. We talked with Chloe before. You know, enjoy it. Gets to the next, you know, comes midnight or whatever, you know. Hey, that's, that next day is when you start getting focused for the next team. So again, Wisconsin talent wise, not as good as Indiana, but again, kind of a big, in my opinion, a trap game in terms of the fact that you had a live emotion in this game today with the rivalry and what Mac did. Yeah, absolutely. Just all around a, a great, fun afternoon way to kick off a, a Super Bowl Sunday afternoon for sure. Um, 
you know, couldn't couldn't have been a better atmosphere for that to happen for McKinsey. Um, and the team really showed up all around her. They they played with focus. They played with energy from tip until the to the final end. I think we we saw a little bit lax of defense there in that fourth quarter, just a, for a, a brief moment where I think they were really more focused on McKinsey than on playing defense. Coach Morin called that timeout and kind of righted that ship, and they just kept going after that. Great, um, just great overall contributions from folks on our bench, getting them some really much needed. Um, experience in playtime um, and just overall, yeah, just a fun, fun weekend. Loved every single part of it. Um, you know, in, in the pregame interview with Austin Render, Coach Morin said that, you know, Sydney is now um, participating in some shoot arounds. So she's progressing. Um, we won't probably see her Wednesday, but at least she's getting closer. So still no specific time frame. Um, she did allude that she might be back later this week, but um, hearing kind of different um, thoughts on that. And of course, you know, it's all conjecture at this point until we see her step onto the court. But the fact that she's in shoot around now, I think is a good sign for her as well. So overall, I think just some really, really positive um, day for our, our team and our program. Again, another huge congratulations to Mackenzie Holmes, but just a really fun um, beat down over the Purdue Boilermakers. Absolutely cool. All right. Well, let's uh, hey, wrap it up hey, here with what's hey, next. Hey, yeah. Before you go, go through all this nice stuff here at the end, yeah. who you got? Who you got tonight? Oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, to be honest, I, th I think Kansas City comes out on top. I think yeah. their defense is it's gonna gonna win that game for them probably. I'm going, so. I'm going, I'm going Chiefs as well. So go ahead and finish yeah. this up here. Yep, absolutely. So um, in terms of what's next, uh, Jeff and I will be back on Wednesday right after the Wisconsin game. Uh, just again, a reminder that game is on Peacock. It tips off at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and we should be then on around 10 Eastern or 9 Central right afterwards. Um, the Assembly Call Radio will be back on Thursday night for their usual time. The men don't have a game during the week this week, so they'll just be on uh, their normal Thursday. Um, if you are out there and you want to come join us in the live chat, you can uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash at back home network. You can also be part of our private community as well. Find out more on assemblyscall.substack.com. A huge thanks to John Ringer of Briggs Design for designing our logos. A big thanks to Bob Thompson for our music that you heard throughout the broadcast. And most of all, thank all of you for being here or listening later. And we will be back with you to talk hoops on Wednesday. But until then, keep your elbow in and your eyes on the rim and let's go Hoosiers. Awesome. And good. Iowa lost today. How about we not forget that in there in our wrap up too? Woo! So well, I think, <laughs> all around a good afternoon for our, for Indiana women's I, basketball. I, yeah. I think we, because we were talking about such late in the podcast, I think everybody realized that we were very, very happy about that. And, and care for you being here in the workaholics, appreciate your comments about last night. I was trying, I wasn't intending to be Ryan, but the more I got into talking about the lack of three point shooting and the lack of our offensive, you know, doing anything to get people shots, I was, I did do my best Ryan impersonation. So if you haven't had yeah. an opportunity to watch or listen, <laughs> hope you guys appreciate it. <laughs> it was good. I, yeah, I was trying to stay calm because again, I don't want to compare the two, but this is why a lot of fans <laughs> that come up and talk to us 
enjoy watching the women right now because they run things that you said you said it to jared last week at the meetup there's an identity we you know yeah. what we're going to do you know what the identity is and, and again we saw it a little bit today they ran some really nice stuff they ran a nice set there i think it was in the fourth quarter but it might have been the third i even i put in the discord where they ran a set where they kind of went from one side to the other and then brought it back around to chloe and do a pick and roll with Mac and Chloe gets it to Mac on a nice roll and a layup. I mean, it just, it, you know, it just, those are the things I think we want to see from last night that we're not seeing. And it's why a lot of people enjoy watching the women right now. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's good basketball, you know, it, it's a different, it's different than the men's game, right? Like they're not going to be playing yeah. above the rim, but what you get with this team is, you know, you're going to get good defense and you're going to get people sharing the ball and having good fundamentals. And that is so enjoyable to watch. And, you know, today especially, it was on display on both ends of the court, 62 points for Purdue and 95 for us. I mean, that was fun. So much better. I was having this conversation with my nephew a little bit the other night after the Michigan State game. And this was even more so, I think, because we saw the video that when, she, when we saw the video, you and I don't think you and I saw it before we did the show. But when we, after the show, when I saw the video of the kids' reaction, the players' reaction to Chloe making the free throw that gave her the triple double and them going up to her, like Lene, if you haven't seen the video, find it on YouTube, find it on uh, on the internet, wherever you can. But Lene basically bounces right up to her, like triple double. And, and Chloe had no <laughs> clue. But anyway, the yeah. point was my nephew and I were having this conversation about girl women's basketball. And again, obviously when you're winning, you know, they're, they're, you're going to have a much better, a much better look, but yeah. it's not just Indiana. Watch the teams that are winning across the country and games they're winning. There's just, it just seems like there's way more fun happening in the women's basketball game sometimes than when is the men, even when they're winning. Now, I'm not talking about I used to I'm talking about across the board. That's right. Yeah, I, I find myself watching actually a lot a lot more women's basketball anymore than I do men. Um, I just I find the basketball better. I find the officiating actually not right. so. I mean, it's not great, but at least I don't feel like they make call so many fouls and take the rhythm out of the game and the reviews and stuff. I find there it's just I wouldn't say it's better per se, but at least the flow of the game is better in my opinion with it. Um, so I, I just I, I do. Yeah, it, I, that's a good point too, Jeff. I think this team actually seems very, very connected. And I think we go back to that Greek um, um, trip that they took to Greece mm-hmm. earlier this year. Um, I think that is really playing off some huge dividends. You know, we saw that um, when we had the close game the other day too, that they came down and they came together and and did. And yeah, you could just see the genuine um, well, love and, and caring that they have for each other. Um, you know, with McKenzie coming in and getting everyone hugs off the bench after they took her out after she broke the record and with Chloe and her triple double last week. And I think they're just really jelling. And if, you know, we're able to get Sydney back um, here in the next week or so, like we maybe are hearing, you know, she's able to, to get back into things. Um, I think we could see some good things from them here come March. And Wisconsin continues to lead in Madison. Yeah. Up eight. Yeah, up eight with just under six to go. Hey, Kathy, appreciate everything. Appreciate all of you guys out there. But let's go watch some football. Let's do it. Yeah, maybe we can still see some of the puppy bowl. I love that. Yes, that's what my <laughs> wife's watching. She's she's watching puppy bowl. So we'll be watching that, yep. you know, until the game starts. So all right, cool. Well, we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday. Have a good um Super Bowl Sunday if that uh is on your agenda for tonight. See you, everybody.